The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. I wanted to do that for a while. I think I've ever done that before, naming the time, but hearing Chuck do that on a daily basis uh, doesn't really do anything for me. In fact, sometimes it's depressing. Are you a... But I just... You're like a 632 on a Thursday morning, or are you a... It's 32 past the hour. Oh, I'm 632. Yeah. It took me way too long to figure out what the top and bottom of the hour What's were. What's the clock say? It says 632. That's what time 19, it's 20, 30, 20, but is. 19, 20, But is 22. it also 32 past the hour? There are people who say it's 32 past the hour aren't broadcasting where you live. Okay. 28 till 7. <laughs> There's another option for you. Again, well, that at least means you're broadcasting here. We got college football... Out the wazoo. It is, is not included. It is bowl week. We are officially in bowl week, and this is this is the week that used to be, you know, that that treat between uh, um, Christmas and New Year's. But uh, the television Wait, networks aren't we still between Christmas and New Year's? Yes, used aren't to be. We still it used to be week? limited only to this. This time. is what I'm getting at. Is <laughs> the, the majority of the bowl games were played between Christmas and New Year's? Yes. We got four bowl games on the air today? What I'm How saying many did we is have we had plenty of bowl games played before Christmas, including the one Texas Tech played in. There were a handful, but there weren't like no, four. No, there was there, like ten. There weren't like four a day. There's four today. I know. What, I, I know that. I'm, I'm getting the point is that they've moved. They've stretched out <laughs> the bowl season. And in some instances, I kind of like it. But in some instances, I kind of don't like it because... As much as, as much as I like going to a bowl game, going to a bowl game two weeks after the regular season ends, really, there's a little sucky there. Yeah, there's it kind of sucks. Now, yeah, that was that was no good. However, I'm also not going to go into ever be in the camp of less sports is good. No, I I'm I'm all about that. But, More sports is better. But I mean, and and, and I I shouldn't complain because for me this year it was great. Having a, a bowl game on the de- December sixteenth worked out great for me this year, and I really needed the December twenty sixth game though. I, it would have that would have put a damper on my Christmas vacation. I understand that it's one of like six days in the calendar year that I can't find a Texas Tech win for for this day in sports history. He's been uh, he's been calendaring <laughs> for many many moons. I've been working on this since October. Yes. Mm, okay. So I, I now here and there, but. Uh, I'm up to like May. There's got to be like a holiday is, basketball tournament that somebody played in at some point. Even the Lady Raiders. Going back to 93? When records began to be kept. Well, when I can get easy records, too. I'm yes. sure there might be some back it's, dark it's hole record that I can have to dig through. but It's in there somewhere. Well, today you've got all kinds of action over on 100.7. The score starting with the Wasabi. Fenway Bowl. Yeah. A 10 a.m. kick. Because when I think of wasabi, I think of Boston. Yeah, that's got a... You ever notice how some of these... Uh, the sponsors in the in the bowl game just don't go together? Well, you know what? It doesn't... It doesn't actually, I think I think wasabi might be more, uh, you know, relevant to, to Boston mm. than you would think. Maybe. Really? 
I think that's yeah, wasabi. a significant Asian American community. You remember that commercial? Infinite. Wasabi. Yeah, that that's yes. How could you not remember that? Wasabi. Number twenty four ranked Southern Methodist. Oh, taking come on. on the home team essentially. Yeah, six and six Boston College. But uh, I, you know what I like about hmm. about bowl games is when you get a six and six Power Five team playing against a ten win uh, group of five team. Kind of like yesterday um, when we had the uh, the military bowl and we had six and six Vatek and they just shoved it up the hind quarters of of Tulane. And I loved it. It was great. Yeah, but Tulane beat USC a year ago. Okay. So. In the New Year's, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, Wait I, a second. It, was that a situation where the New Year's Six uh, game where USC was like, well, we're not in the playoffs. Now we got to play this group of five team. Yes. That's it, usually it, what happens. It absolutely was. But that's why, I mean, those things happen because who's excited to play that game? Exactly. Not, not the, the power group of five, five team is, is super excited to play that game. And the... Uh, and the uh, the Power Five team, which missed out on the playoff, is all like, "Jeez!" And, and, and now Tech we got to come back and play these guys. Tech has lived that life. Yeah. See East Carolina. See South or South Florida. South Florida. No, it's I would not not. Oh, oh yeah, the Group of Five. Yeah, I was going to say go to the uh, the uh, 08 Cotton Bowl. 09 Cotton Bowl. See, I would still say the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, so we lived that life on the opposite side. In, yeah. in the relation of this isn't where we really wanted to be, and we're kind of we, we're we, bummed. We today. were hopeful to get into, the at the time, the BCS. And, you know, when you get worked in Oklahoma, I mean. Why you got to bring that up? I mean, that's the one game on that year. That's part of our DNA, that's part of our DNA, man. If you lose that on the last drive of the game, do you get in? No, you don't no. get in. You don't get you in. Don't. You, and don't. you would have been. You had you to win that game to get to the Big Twelve. You would have gotten Florida stated. Is what would have happened there? Uh, I don't know about that. I, it, I, you were, you were ranked number two in the nation at the time. If you win that game, you're no, number no, two no, in the saying, nation. Yeah. You, you lose though in any way. I mean, let's say that you, you, you play a twenty-eight twenty-seven game where you go for two, just to win it in regulation. I mean, I, and that's not what would have happened. But let's say it did. You still would have gotten screwed. UT not and a, OU. Not, not if you win the game, the I, if you win the game, you don't. Yeah, get screwed. if you win the game, yes. But because but think I'm about saying, that, there's no way that you, you could lose that game, no matter how bad yeah. or how close. You had everything matter. you needed that year. You had your you had your your star players. You had your Heisman moments. You had uh, um, yeah, you that have been a big upset. Not an upset. It'd have been a big win on the road against a top ten team. Um, you had everything you needed. You just had to win that game. And not get beat 63-21. Hang on. You have mentioned the Heisman moment. So Harold in the shotgun from the 28 to throw. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he breaks. Oh, oh he's going to have us out. Red Raider. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. John Harris just being John Harris. Yeah, but getting out John Harris by Sonny Cumbie. Yeah, just giggling in the background. You, you, gotta, you gotta leave it. You gotta leave it a little bit longer to get to the unbelievable Michael Crabtree. Oh man, that's the head coach of Louisiana Tech who will not be in a bowl game. Yeah, let's see. You got Rutgers. Did you root for them at all this year? I did. I did. Man, tell that I wanted to throat punch somebody or whatever. That was probably not great. That the guy that super cheap shotted somebody. 
Uh, I don't think he. Th- I, don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was a it was a bad deal. Give me the rest of the bowl schedule coming up, including a very exciting former Big East matchup. You're gonna love this one. And this day in sports history on the way next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to this day in sports history here on Double T 97.3. It's the Morning Drive with a guy that doesn't know what happens on the Morning Drive. And that's okay. <laughs> I actually do know what happens at 6.45. I just I don't have a script in front of me. And the words you used just before this were, hey. Steed's got this thing, but what you meant is he's going to actually read the information about yeah. what happens in the past on this day. Thank you, Garrett. <laughs> As I hold this. Stay classy, San Diego. You stay classy, San Diego. San Diego. I hold my currently nicotine stained fingers. Uh, today is uh, December 28th in the year of our Lord, 2023. We're all going to make it, y'all. Minds are wrong. All right, here we go. 28 years past. All right. Thank you to our fine listening audience. 1944. I almost said Chuck. <laughs> Garrett, 1944. Former Washington third baseman Buddy Lewis is wins the Distinguished Flying Cross for Precision Flying over Burma in the Burma War Theater. That would be in World War II. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think there was any sports happening in 1944. Not a lot of sports, not, but there were some sports. Not a lot of them. Uh, 1957, Garrett. CBS states it won't broadcast baseball where minor league games are on. Back when minor league ball meant something. It, it actually did. In some places, it was bigger than major league baseball. Oh, yeah. PCL? Yeah. The, uh, the Sally. You know, uh, South Atlantic. League oh yeah, Southern that. baseball. I mean, yeah, yeah. I yeah, and I, I get why that would be a thing back then. Uh, Nineteen seventy-four, the fourth Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State beats number seventeen BYU sixteen to six. Pretty sure Lavelle Edwards coached that game too. A preview of future Big Twelve games. Ooh, went to Who double overtime in nineteen seventy-four. Huh? They went to double OT this past year. Yeah, it took uh, it mm. took. Not one, but two overtimes for Mike Gundy to overcome the Cougars and prevent them from going bowling. He didn't know a third-string th- quarterback. 1975, Garrett, with 32 seconds left in the NFC Divisional Playoff Games. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Roger Staubach throws a legendary 50-yard winning touchdown pass to Drew Pearson to beat the Minnesota Vikings. And the Hail Mary was born. He said that in the postgame. He said, I just... I just Dropped back, and I said, I called out for a Hail Mary. <laughs> Is that literally where that's the— That's literally how, it, that's how the, it— he No way. He called it the Hail Mary play. For a second there, I thought you were about was to not, talk about the not, catch. I was not making that up. Who puts that together? I, I, you wouldn't— who, who puts that together? I get it. I get it. But Do we talk I, about I losses? I hear about someone <laughs> dropping back in a Cowboys playoff game— do the we talk that about loss of mind? Is 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 the wrong color jersey? Mm. Sorry for bringing that up, Cowboys fans. Two thousand eight. Dad, did, I apologize. Two thousand eight. I'm a Cowboys fan. Well, my my dad, if he's which he's not awake, but if he was, he would be throwing things right now somewhere. Two thousand eight, Garrett. The Detroit Lions crash <laughs> into. Th- <laughs> what, what, what did you write here? The Detroit Lions crash. 
<laughs> to a 31-21 loss to the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. The first team in NFL history to go winless in a 16-game season. Now, you're saying, Chris, didn't the Buccaneers go winless in a season? Yes, they lost 14 games in 14. That mm. was in 76. Mm-mm-mm. So this is the first team to go 0-16. 2012, Jarrett. DJ Johnson returned an interception 39 yards, and Ryan Buston made a 28-yard field goal as time expires to give your Red Raiders a 34-31 comeback victory over Minnesota in the Monarchy Car Care Bowl. I was there, and I don't even remember any of that. I, I was also there. That, that game was kind of a blur. I because remember one the, thing about that game. You want to take a guess at what it was? Uh, Tommy Tuberville did not coach it. No. Shout Chris out Thompson, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson did coach it. And I was disappointed that he wasn't retained. In fact, Sonny Cumbie's tenure here might have been significantly different if he'd have ponied up to keep Chris Thompson around. Yeah. Because he would have been the one guy with white hair on the Cliff staff. Kingsbury. What did I say? Sonny Cumbie. What the heck? Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. I got Sonny on the mind. You remember that? Cliff- oh, unbelievable Michael Crabtree. Yes, Cliff, Cliff yes. Kingsbury was sitting in the box, and they flashed to him, and the stadium went nuts. Sonny Cumbie was on that staff, but uh, he was probably the most gray hair figuratively there was, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you remember of that game? I remember Jason Morrow Jason, fighting a guy fighting. wearing a helmet, which is one of the dumbest things any human can do. Yeah, getting ejected. Uh, Second fi- quarter? Yeah. I mean, it was Before halftime. He'd, he'd, but he's laying on top of him. And, like And just pounding a guy. Christmas story bullying him. In the snow, while the guy's wearing a helmet. Guess mm. who's losing that one, Jace? But honestly, that kind of fit the whole Jace narrative in my mind. Oh too. wow! Okay, so you just took a shot. Yeah, I did. Okay. He's the B.J. Simmons of tight ends. Wait, what? Not why not, you? Why you? Wh- not not a lot. Why is B.J. Simmons catching strays? Not a lot. Of, not a lot <laughs> going we, on up here. What are we, what are we doing? Going on? Gunslinger, baby. Gunslinger. Okay, it's, just, uh, this is how I feel. I tell these evidently many times. The thoughts of Garrett Luft are not those of Chris Snead. B.J. Simmons is the most popular air raid quarterback by far, and he is my least favorite. And I have never been quiet about that. It's National Box of Chocolates Day. Happy Forrest Gump Day. That's not Valentine's Day. I don't know. Uh, born on this day, happy birthday, Red Raider first baseman Eric. Gutierrez. Good. Oh, man. And now first base coach. Yeah. And now full-time? Yeah. yeah. Full-time. Full-time paid yeah. guy. Full-time. No, he's actually, uh, he's actually the uh, director, of ops. director of ops. Because we moved uh, um, Joe Hughes. Joe Hughes has to get out of the khakis and actually wear baseball pants. And, uh, yeah. And, and Is Duke going to go to khakis now? He has to because you, you cannot be in uniform. And that's part of the uniform. Uh, born on this day. How do me? How do I have to tell you, John Legend? Forty-five. Hmm. Denzel Washington, sixty-nine. That gum. Maggie Smith, eighty-nine. Seth Myers, fifty. Fifty. Joe Manganiello, forty-seven. Dead on this day, still dead. American Pro Football Hall of Famer, coach, and award-winning sportscaster with all four networks. John Madden dies. Dead at 85. 
And on this day in 1973, President Richard Nixon signs the Endangered Species Act into law. The act, which Nixon called for the previous year, is considered one of the most significant and influential environmental laws in American history. And without it, we don't have Kaylee's Dailies. True that. Not on and this that program, is this day man. in sports history. It's entertaining. We try. More entertainment coming your way next. And your thoughts from the Ace Point Center chat line on the morning drive. Catches strays. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. We'll have questions in a minute from someone else. But I've got a question for you, Christine. I don't know if you remember a lot about a lot because you've done many, many things. You do probably like three different jobs a day on average, maybe. Two and a half. Uh, I'm, you know, I get... Chuck bangs on me for having 17 jobs. I actually don't have 17 jobs. I have one job, and I have a couple of hobbies I get paid really well for. That's that's what I... Is, do you have people ask you, do you do that? you get paid to do that radio stuff? Do you have people ask you that? They ask me that all the time. I'm not schlepping my, my, my tail out of, out of is, bed no, at 445 <laughs> for free. And it's like maybe 15 <laughs> years ago... When this station began, I would have I would have I, been like, oh yeah, cool, I'll come in and talk about sports on yeah, the radio. Yeah, but my wife would have stabbed me. There was a there if was, I was a point doing that when I uh, paid. there was a point when I did do uh, some local radio for free in a, in a former radio life, yeah, and uh, either that or for some tamales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, but I mean, hey. But that's uh, but I mean, hey, when I when I you know got the opportunity to do this here, heck yeah. Well, you were the original voice mm-hmm. on Double T ninety seven three. Yes, alongside Mike Gustafson on the morning drive. Miguel. So the first voice you ever heard on this radio station in two thousand nine was the voice of Chris Need. Now, that was also the first year I ever did any radio mm-hmm. hosting a Saturday morning quarterback with my man Andy Penny. Mm-hmm. Money Penny. And I also got my first opportunity to to delve into filling in on the regular radio programs. Uh And on that year, in that year, uh, I filled in a few times on the morning drive with Uh you. Uh And one of those times happened to be a significant day in Texas Tech history. And uh, I was sitting at the old studio, 98th University. Yes. I believe I was sitting... On that side of the table, and you were sitting on this side of the table. It means I was uh, I was the uh, well. Chuck sat on this side. It's ironic because Chuck sat on when we were over there. This he sat is, on this side. This is pre-Chuck. This is pre-Chuck. Okay. Well, when it, when it was. Uh, but but. Do, when I was when I was in the HR, I sat on this side, and Gus sat over there. Well, then maybe I'm having. You know what? Maybe there was a third chair added that day, and that's Possibly. why I'm misremembering our locations. Yeah. But do you remember the significant Texas Tech historical moment that took place while you and I sat together on the morning drive? Was it over Christmas? Yes, it was. That'll probably give it away. So it was probably the day that uh, Mike Leach got fired. Close. Yes, essentially. It was, the, it was the morning that the news broke. That Mike Leach was going to be suspended? Or is it this a, was this the day that we went? Because I remember doing the show that morning. It was over Christmas. I, I came in, I did the show, and then um, I was off the rest of the day because it was Christmas time. Texas Tech was closed. And I remember 
I, I see Brandy Blake, remember Brandy Blake? Oh yeah. The producer you could fit in your pocket. <laughs> she was she now was, doing outstanding work at uh, Open Door. Yeah. For the homeless community here. Um, she um, she said, why don't you take your uh, take this uh, microphone and they, they were having the Mike Leach. Was this the day? This is the Mike no, Leach. No, no, no. This is the, not the Mike Leach hearing this, day. We were literally about eight a.m. Maybe it was a little earlier, even. Yeah. But it was like the rumors hit that hey, Mike Leach is about to get fired, and literally nobody had any idea. Mm-hmm. You and I were sitting on this show, mm-hmm. and you're far more insider, you know, inside baseball when it comes to Texas Tech than I am. Yeah. Nobody had any clue what was coming. Nobody. No. And no. that news hit. Chuck was. GMing us at the time, I believe. He was, yeah. He was, he was the Jamie Lent before. Yeah. The Jamie Lent. And uh, I guess he was the GM of all radio. I don't know. Chuck was, Chuck was big man of some kind. He's still a big man. He's still a big man. But he came in and uh, I remember his words, something to the effect of tread carefully, gentlemen. I remember that. Cause yeah, he, cause Chuck would walk around and and you were just like, oh boy, there's Chuck. <laughs> and he would, if he would stick his head in, I mean, every hair on your body would stand up straight when he stuck his head in the door. Yeah. And you're like, oh boy, what? <laughs> what I mean, how nervous I used to get filling in with Chuck because, you know, I didn't know him as well then, but he yeah. was like the guy that came in and said things like, hey, fellas, tread carefully. Yeah. And uh, about 20 minutes later, Chris Level had been hauled out of his bed somewhere. Yeah, and he was, in. they were in San, no, who was in San Antonio already? Was he? I don't know that This he was, was the day of the suspension. This, yeah, this is the initial. This is the day of the suspension. Nothing, we, the team hadn't even gone yet, I don't Yeah, because the, because Mike Leach had, had. They had just gotten there. Yeah, because uh, I remember, because uh, the next day, Level was in San Antonio, Dickens was in San Antonio already, um, Gus was off. I was here. You were filling in, I guess. Yeah. And it was the day that uh, that he actually got fired. And so Brandy Blake said, take this microphone and go down there and just cover the trial. Do some man on the street interviews. And I was going to go down there. So I get down to the courthouse and we we walk in. There's a bunch of people sitting outside the courtroom. They weren't going to let anybody in. But somehow a couple of media guys got in and I was trying to get in and trying to work some magic. I couldn't get in the in the room. Small courtroom. Um, and so I'm sitting there and then I see, um, the principals from Texas Tech show up. Then I see Leach's attorney show up. I mean, in a neck, in a neck brace. In a neck, a back brace. An injury was, lawyer in a full. <laughs> but a back brace. But he was more importantly, he was, it was wearing, awesome. he was wearing like shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. yeah because yeah, it was, yeah. he didn't think that there was going to be any actual go into court. Okay. <laughs> Well, I think the lawyers from Texas Tech said, you probably want to go put a suit on for this. <laughs> and so he went home. So we all sit there longer, you know. So it's like 9.30, 9.45, 10 o'clock, 10.30. Well, the, uh, they go back into the courtroom. And apparently in the, in the conference room, they handed him the letter that says, you don't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. So in that million you're about to take home, you yeah, ain't get yeah, it. yeah. Well, Ted Liggett, you know the attorney, he goes into the courtroom, open court, and I'm listening. I'm sitting at the door, the crack of the door, 
and I can hear him say, hey, your client has been terminated by Texas Tech effective immediately. And I sprinted from that door to the elevator and called the station. <laughs> and on the way down, I, I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Jacob Chandler Smith, who was still the, uh, <laughs> the, the board op then. And, uh, and uh, was it you then? Did I call you? And I said, put me on the air right now. Put me on the air. <laughs> and I didn't even tell him what happened. And, um, and I told uh, whoever it was that it was Tech Talk at lunchtime right then. And I said, uh, yeah, it was Geo Flying Solo. Yeah. I said, uh, this is Chris Need with uh, <laughs> Double T. Well, actually, at the time, the previous numbers, the station numbers. And uh, I said, uh, I have breaking news from the Lubbock County Courthouse. Uh, this just in, Mike Leach has been fired. That is correct. Texas Tech has just informed Mike Leach's attorneys that he has been fired as the head coach of Texas Tech, effective immediately. And we didn't take a break for 45 minutes. Yep. And so and, and, and nothing so but phone calls of people gets, want, so all saying the same thing. I walk out the door, or the front, and I walk around the corner, and I'm walking back to where my car is parked. Who do I walk and run into? Ted Liggett. <laughs> And it's this assistant attorney, Chris Ritter. And I go, hey. And he goes, hey, Ted, how you doing? Hey, Chris, how you doing? And I, I, I hold this thing. I get the thing. I said, do you have a comment you want to make for the record? <laughs> and he looks at this. He looks at this thing and he goes, no, I don't believe I will right now, Chris. <laughs> and I said, all right, we'll talk to you later. He goes, hey, good to see you. Good to see you, too. And I hustled back to the station. I called. I said, what are we going to do? Come back and get on the air. And me and Gio were on the air for six straight hours. For the longevity and uh, growth of this station, probably one of the best things that could have happened. But yep. a lot of you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line disagree with it being a good call. Shocking that that would still stir those feelings oh, in 2023. Don't you rip that bandit off right now. <laughs> Coming up next, Jamie's question of the day by a guy not named Jamie. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day, brought to you by someone not named Jamie. And today, doing the duties of asking Jamie's question of the day, not from Jamie, Jeff McGuire. All right, so we're kind of near the end of the year, mm -hmm. so the, this type of question has been asked a lot. But this is a two-part question, and we will start with Garrett for the answer on this. Part one of this question leads also into part two. So part one is, Texas Tech football in 2023 was, and part two is, Texas Tech football in 2024 will be what? Hmm. Um... My first answer is going to be underwhelming. 2023 was underwhelming. I can't say it was bad because you still have a winning record and three straight years of bowl wins and winning records, which, by the way, that's only happened once in school history. The bowl, the bowl piece, anyway. Consecutive seasons. 2024... Reason to show up again. I'll leave it at that for now. I would say that uh, 2023 was uh, frustrating. <laughs> um, and 2024. 
for, I guess you would just label it as hopeful. That's that, all I can leave it as is hopeful. Yeah, that's that's kind of. And um, I'll be ready. I'll be ready for it. I'm I, I, to I it. think. I think you know we could probably change my first one. Twenty twenty three was educational, um, for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. For Joey McGuire, it was educational for Joey McGuire. Hey, he's going to learn to temper expectations. I think he was. His enthusiasm for his team and what they could be was it it transferred to the fan base. And when you give a, a fan base hope, you know, like the SEC shorts, hope shows up at the front door. Well, I tell you what, it is. <laughs> it is something. I mean, you'd walk around. You think we're going to win 11 games this year, Sneed? No. I don't. I don't think, well, well, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. No, you still got this, and you still got this, and you got this. But did you think we were going to win nine? I thought we'd win nine. I, I actually See, said, that, that's where I, I mean, I think I was on record as saying I thought this was an eight-win team with a chance to win nine. And the yeah. people that were just saying, hey, we're going to go 11-1, and one, we're going to play in the cup. I think the worst thing that happened to this fan base was having a guy like Brett McMurphy put Texas Tech in the Cotton Bowl. And... I mean, that's a person that's got skins on the wall. It's a real guy saying real things about real teams. And he put you, your program, in the same vein as Alabama. And I think people just, I mean, let me, let me, Joey's a contagious guy. His enthusiasm is infectious. And when he says things like that and believes things, he got this fan base to believe. So I say it's educational for him because he learned a valuable lesson that this fan base is going to lap up whatever you whatever you but, feed but, but hold on did he cuz i don't think we've had a chance I, I think, yet to see i think he i let's, think we're probably a little bit early on this deal you know i mean okay, when, I, when he said to see how he hey, this, this year's team would beat last year's team by 21 yeah, this was... year's offensive line is probably the strongest group on our roster i think there i think there are just expectations that he heaped out there and so it's got to be educational for Joey I don't think you're ever going to see Joey say things like that again because if, if I'm Joey McGuire I am never ever ever telling this fan base this year's team is going to be so much better than last year's team I'm going to temper expectations I mean I'm going to be so vanilla I'm going to be so milk chocolate I'm going to be, not milk chocolate, milk bread, milk toast, as they like to say. Milk chocolate's actually wonderful. More, more like dark chocolate. Just, no, it's uh, kind of bitter. Pretty bland and, yeah. and bitter. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to slug it out in 2024. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I think you'll probably, and so for fan base, I'm going to be, I think we as fans should have educated ourselves on some of these things. Are we going to just buy into what they say? Well, no, nobody wanted, and this texture here says, if you believe in NFL study, teams who win a lot of close games typically regress the next year, while teams that lose a lot of close games improve the next year. Nobody wanted to acknowledge how close you were to 4-8 and eight two years ago. This is true. Very, and, very, well, very close. You, you're a couple of possessions away from 4-8 from and eight this year. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. just like you also say, you're also a couple of possessions away from 9-3. and three. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's where you're at as a program. And... What what you take for granted this year is that you beat the snot out of Baylor on the road, 
And you might say, well, Baylor was terrible. But, yeah, what, are you, what have you done in the last 15 years against terrible teams? You haven't beat yeah. snot out of them very frequently. Yeah. You did the same thing, you know, essentially against Houston at yeah. home. And the year before, I mean, compare those years to years. Yeah. Two years ago, you have to escape them. And last year, there was no question really in that game. I to answer my own question. But say we we, <laughs> we got to give you a chance here. Um, I would say that 2023 was offensively bland. When you look at the way the offense ran, pretty much throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. That's putting it nicely, Jeff. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, you know, it's Christmas. We can try to be nice. And 2024 will be curious. Mm-hmm. When you look at how everything's going to work next year, does Baron Morton put in the time in this offseason to get his nose in the playbook so he can make better decisions? Does Taj Brooks come back with a chip on his shoulder ready to prove the NFL scouts wrong? Does your offensive line get better? Are your new receivers that are coming in going to be able to outmatch what you got last year, which is a very low bar, but we have no idea if they're going to or not because now the moniker of Texas Tech wide receivers, what we do is catch the football, is no longer accurate. You've got to prove it again. And can your defense make up for losing all of the, the leadership that they lost this year to next year? And a defense that has carried you for the better part of three years. Not to get hung up on it. That was a cryptic Baron Morton statement that you made. I, I think that was kind of a cryptic. I think what you said was a very interesting. And, I mean, I'd like to examine that more. We got to do the boom, boom, boom next. But I'd like to get into that more because you said a couple of things that, you know, I don't think proving the scouts wrong on the NFL. Taj, you know, from a running back standpoint, he's, he's, a, he's a grinding running back. He's a two yards in a cloud of dust guy. He's not going to outrace anybody. And he needs a pretty good offensive line. He always falls forward. Texter here says 2023 Taj, 2024 Hudson. Mm. I hope that might be true. Let's hope. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. If you need a little jolt, there's some Rocky music for you. Get you moving. Have you, uh, have you been to the steps? Yes. Of the art museum yeah, or whatever uh, it is there? Two, two summers ago. Really? Yeah. Um, a dude bro trip. Uh, dude bro, you, did, you do bro to Philadelphia? Yeah. Okay. I actually got the video. We took the video of running up the steps. Where's uh, dude bro 2024? <sighs> I don't know. I think we're going to probably talk about it um, this evening. I'm oh, going to wow. mini dude bro in El Paso. That's not a bad, that's not, I need that El Paso worthy of a dude bro trip, especially when it's home. Once was home. Texas Tech. And I guess unless you walk in uh, special passes, you'll have to walk up the stairs to get into the United Supermarkets Arena tonight to watch the Red Raiders and Sam Houston State. Still Sam Houston State? Or just Sam? I don't know what they are. They're the Bearcats with a K. They will come in to the ballgame tonight with a record of 6-7. and seven. They have lost to uh, three Power 5 opponents. Oklahoma State, they lost two in Stillwater on November 12th by 15, which so far at least Oklahoma State, not very good. Mm-hmm. They lost to Chris Beard's undefeated Ole Miss Rebels by three in Oxford, 70-67 on November 17th. And they lost to Arizona State, 78-61. to The fighting Bobby Hurley's 
on November 29th. They have not played a Power 5 opponent since, although in the meantime they have lost to Missouri State and Texas State and Grand Canyon. All those on the road except for Texas State. So they come into Lubbock with a record of 6-7. and seven. Not, uh, not as good as they've been in some years past. But the Red Raiders with two more tune-ups. They get this one tonight and then on New Year's Day. They take on somebody. I should know this. New Year's Day? I believe it's New Year's Day. I don't think we play New Year's Day. One last... Uh, one last yeah, non-conference me, game. Here. Well, see, here you go. It is going to be New Year's Day against uh, North Alabama. A 1 p.m. tip-off. You can get time to recover from the night before. Get a little brunch in you, maybe. But, uh, yeah, take it back to the Bob Knight years. <laughs> oh, my Lord. New Year's Day uh, I, against North Alabama. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it. I'm not going to do that. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, that audio you heard was not worth talking about. <laughs> Been down that road a little bit uh, already. Oh, Sorry, dude. So Sam Houston, uh, the Raiders' opponents tonight, uh, two two more chances to watch this team play. Sneed, when you, when you look at what you've done since the injury to Devin Cambridge, how, how, how much do you still want to see and what do you still feel like needs to be refined before January 6th trip to uh, the University of Texas and the mood? Uh, more consistency. Um, the inside game has got to get, uh, we got to find more consistency on the inside. Uh, Warren Washington, he's, he's just got to be stronger around the rim. Um, I mean, he's, it seems that he gets out hustled by, by lesser opponents sometimes. And I mean, he's even guys he's got a decided high advantage over. He just we're going to need that. I mean, um, there's there's it's all going to start there in the paint. And if he can't get a he can establish an inside presence and 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 protect the rim, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be a. I mean, you the, the bottom line for this team. Do I expect them to go into Austin and win? No. Um, you've got to figure out a way to win eight games in this conference somehow. And then the wins are there. You're, you know, you get to play UCF twice. Um, you got you got K-State at home. Um, you've got to protect home court. And you're going to have to pick up some wins over some teams in the league that you should beat. Um, West Virginia is not very good. They they should they should be beatable on the road. You need to win that game. I mean, there's just there's just teams you're going to have to win, and if you don't get to eight, yeah, this team has no chance of being a. Um, and that's just to get yourself on the bubble for yeah, the yeah. At sixty four in the net right now, yeah. uh, not not in a favorable the, well, spot. Hang on. But the you net's going to go up, up just yeah. by playing Big Twelve games. Inevitably, you'll you you could you could win four conference games yeah. and you'll probably finish higher than sixty four. But the the fact of the matter is a team that uh, I I think still has enough on its plate to be competitive, but there will be no going small for this Texas Tech basketball team. They will show up small and they will stay that way. Warren Washington, really the only true big really at all on this roster, Robert Jennings getting uh, more playing time after the injury to Devin Cambridge. 
Um, to me, and I think Albert hits it on the head here on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, he says, absolutely got to stop the low percentage passing. And when you're a team that uh, I don't think will be able to defend at the at the rate you want to just because of the fact that you are smaller, and I think we'll give up some paint points and then have to make some sacrifices inside in order to to defend that, and therefore you'll open up some things on the outside. I don't think you're going to hold people under yeah, 60 can, very much. Can this can this team consistently hit from the perimeter enough to for that to work? That's the problem with this team. I don't think you have a consistent enough. I mean, at this point, Pop hasn't been that guy yet. Well, um, you, I mean. Toussaint wants to be that guy, but he needs to he needs to attack the rim. You've been better than some years past, though, where you were consistent just in a bad way. Yeah. There have been moments where you've hit shots, and you hope that you can string some of those together. Unfortunately, you've hit more shots on the road than you have at home, typically so yeah. far yeah. this season, or at neutral sites. Uh, but, but to Albert's point, I, I think you cannot afford to give up possessions with just silly particularly transition-oriented turnovers. You've got to take care of the basketball and give yourself an opportunity to score because you haven't been consistent enough yet and had that chemistry. Now, that that will be what's interesting to me about these next few weeks because even the really outstanding tech teams, uh, the first year of Mark Adams, the, the, the great runs that Chris Beard had, it, you had stretches even a Big 12 play where offensively you were you were gross, stagnant. And it took time to kind of find your rhythm. I think in a weird way, this Devin Cambridge injury might have done you a favor in terms of it has forced you to become more diverse. It has forced you to integrate some other guys and and them to kind of find themselves. Whereas if you went in the Big 12 play with, hey, we need Pop to hit a few here and there. We need Chance McMillan to hit a few here and there. And then we just need Devin Cambridge to go off. You, You can't rely on that anymore. And so a whole lot of guys have had to sort of step up, uh, when they haven't to. Another yeah. texter says we need Emily yeah. Yalaho to show up. That's the I, that's the here's the thing. I don't know, man. You wonder about him. Is it an offensive show up or is it a defensive show up? Because I think to. right now it's probably his issue. He's not playing much defense. Well, and there's some of the problems you've got, you know, like some people that probably can help you on offense aren't playing much defense. And this team this team's gonna have to play D. Yeah, you need all five guys to show up. And it's different. I mean, I feel like you could kind of understand and get a feel for exactly what Mark Adams and Chris Beard were trying to do defensively uh, for that stretch of, of tenure. Now, I, I still haven't completely figured out what it is that, that the scheme looks like. I know it looks different, and I know you're not switching everything. But but it sure feels like, and he did it on occasion with those teams as well, but uh, more often than you would like, you give up some really – Easy buckets. Uh, Paul says, with the lack of fouls, it feels like men's basketball will have a tough time in the Big 12. Feels like West Virginia will smother, smother Tech's non-aggressive style. I, I do think that'll be an interesting part, too, because the uh, game is going to get far more physical. But I don't know. Yeah, I think the officiating is going to get is going to ramp it up, too. It'll start to get It always tighter. ramps up. They start to call a little tighter in, in, uh, in conference play. Kobe's, I mean, that is one thing that, that is a... It, typically. It starts... You, you start... You just hope you're on the right side of it. Kobe says, uh, you've been at least streaky from outside, which is better than just bad like we have been before. And Yeah, I agree. That's where you've been over the last few seasons where you felt like, who's going to hit a shot? Yeah, a number of guys that have hit quite a few shots at every given moment. We just need them to string them together more consistently. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.